Speaking of Go Blue, former radio voice, former Wolverine, Jim Brandstatter, he is standing by. Uh, what would be your maize and blue trip of a lifetime? The best game you ever attended as a player, <laughs> as a fan, as a broadcaster, what would it be? Uh, that'd be a tough one. I, uh, the 97 National Championship game, Rose Bowl, was pretty good. The last two Ohio State games were pretty darn good. I guess last year's Ohio State game, just because it was my last uh, Michigan Ohio State game announcing with Dan, and uh, that that's a special spot in my heart. Yeah, man. I was there at the Rose Bowl against Washington State with my brother Bob. I surprised him. I was living in Austin, Texas, and uh, he flew in, and we flew out uh, to Burbank. Uh, we actually ended up staying at the Michigan Hotel, but I did well, not know it. Did, were you, did you stay at the Doubletree out there? Yes, we did. We were we were right there at Burbank. Uh, I think it was... Wasn't that far from the airport? It was no, no, not at all. Yeah, and we didn't know. You know, we just got the hotel last minute. You know, I did it. You know, uh, at that time, you just actually made reservations, didn't have to go to an app. And yeah, that uh, uh, the beautiful day in Pasadena, uh, the sea of uh, Cougar fans. That was Ryan Leaf was the other quarterback, wasn't he? Yes, yes, he was. Yeah, he was, uh, I'll never forget Frank Beckman and I before that game watching him throw. You know, Patton goes down the sideline. And he was throwing them like 60 yards down the field, dropping them in a bucket to those receivers. Uh, he, as a college player, that guy had was very impressive as a quarterback. Yeah, that was a, a fabulous uh, game to be at, just setting, uh, you know, with the Rose Bowl right in the middle of a neighborhood and just uh, so cool. Now Michigan, from what they did last year, Jimmy, in your finale, and also your final broadcasting uh, game was Georgia, correct? Correct. Yeah. yeah, and now I thought that was a generational thing where, hey, you know, this happens once every, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years, and here they are now, one up in last year at 13-0, and number two in the college football playoff, uh, a nine-and-a-half point favorite over TCU on the DraftKings Sportsbook app big board, and two wins away from another Michigan football national championship. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Uh, I, I think it's in January when all the talk was Harbaugh may leave and the Minnesota thing going on. I don't think anybody, anybody would have given you odds that we would be having this conversation today, Bill, but we are. And and I think it's a credit to Harbaugh, his staff. I think the kids, the players, uh, they believed and uh, they got to work and uh, they played with such confidence uh, and they played so well this year. And remember this, too, and I keep telling people, two of their best players are out for the Ohio State game, Mike Morris and, and Blake Corum. And they're gonna, they were out for the Big Ten Championship game. And, and this team has won games, you know, not fully 100% healthy. And yet they've still won it, and they've won it to going away. Uh, it's just been a wonderful team effort. I'm, uh, this, is one of the, this is one of the most rewarding years uh, I think I've seen for Michigan football, and and maybe for Jim Harbaugh, one of those uh, one of those watershed years for him as a coach. And if you look at Harbaugh and Jim, why I wanted to bring you on and do a couple segments together because the day Jim Harbaugh was hired, when Hackett went and you know landed the plane and faxed the the deal and signed it and got it done, uh, everybody expected this a little bit sooner. Uh, what we're seeing the last couple of years. And then the expectations were were there the first year with Jake Rudock, and everybody said, here we go. 
Michigan's going to begin that ascent. They're going to be just like Urban Meyer in Ohio State. One day they could be like Saban in Alabama or Oklahoma or Dabo in Clemson. Uh, and then Harbaugh and the team and the program hit a wall, and they found a way to bounce back. Then they hit another wall, and they found a way to bounce back. And then you mentioned the flirtation with jobs, the contractual negotiations where Harbaugh was forced to take a pay cut, which is unheard of for coaches of his stature. Yet we sit here today with Michigan as the number two team in America and a realistic shot at another national championship. And that says something about Harbaugh, his staff, and his players. Oh, there's no question. And uh, like I said, I don't think anybody would have given us odds that we'd be having this conversation given all that you just went through. And I think, too, that some of the things that happened is Harbaugh always had a good record. He just couldn't beat Ohio State. He'd done everything else, but he hadn't taken that one step. And that one step was beating Ohio State. And last year he did. Then they got to the playoffs. And the other thing I like to bring up is that, you know, he's got to – people talk about this. And you could – you I think you mentioned it once before on when we were having our conversation. There's a little different culture. Michigan has always been Michigan. Uh, but but in this day and age of collegiate football with name, image, and likeness, with the transfer portal and all those things that are surrounding it, they were, they're factors from the outside that can get inside a football program and, and, and kind of you know pick at the edges of it and, and maybe uh, tear it away or tear it down a little bit. Jim Harbaugh has been able to navigate that whole process and create a culture that I think this year has been unbelievable. He's got a, a wonderful a combination of, of veteran players, of young guys, of program players that have been there a while that aren't going to the transfer portal, that are staying. Like I, I speak of guys like Michael Barrett, uh, Taylor Upshaw. Those guys stuck around and, and, and paid the dues, and now they're reaping the benefits. Uh, and they didn't take that uh, – easy step to go to the transfer portal and play somewhere else. They found that playing for Michigan was what they wanted to do and where they wanted to spend the rest of their collegiate career. And and don't diminish the fact that I think that has an impact on a program and on young players as they come through. And, and I think that Jim has really done a nice job of managing that and navigating that whole new you know, environment that collegiate football has to exist in within today. His name is Jim Brandstatter, former voice of Michigan football, joining us on the Meyer guest line here on the huge show across Michigan, talking Michigan football and also uh, the Harbaugh era. What's interesting is that when you look at every season outside of really uh, the pandemic year, and maybe you go back to 2017 when they, finished fourth in the Big Ten East. but uh, And Harbaugh takes the pay cut, and he had to humble himself uh, to remain committed to Michigan because it, it didn't seem like there were NFL connections at the time. And you look at that point from 2020, uh, two and four, tied for fifth in the Big Ten right. East, right. and you're 12-2 and two and Big Ten champion and make the college football playoff, and now you're 13-0, and 0, and a Big Ten champion again. And that I, I just look at Harbaugh, no matter what happens in the TCU game or if they get to Georgia or whatever Harbaugh does, the the comeback trail for him as a coach and the program 
from where they were and how ugly that pandemic year was to where they are now. Pretty amazing. And then I think your point is really well taken in that Jim humbled himself. And that's one of those things, you know, you talk about. And, and when he came back, it, it wasn't lip service about being humbled. He went to work. And, and from that low point, he built what we're watching today. So it's not like, you know, this, this yeah, he was, he was down. I mean, and, and there were people that really thought maybe he ought to move on somewhere and Michigan should move on. And, and Jim, despite all of that, despite negativity, despite some people out there that didn't think he should be there, put his nose to the grindstone and built what we are seeing today. And he did it, I think, through culture. He did it uh, by, by recruiting young men at, at the high school level and identifying them at the high school level that, that were you know, interested in playing for Michigan and becoming you know, that, that, that agent of change that gets Michigan back to where it is. And you've got to identify those guys as seniors in high school. And Jim has done that. And currently they're on the roster, the J.J. McCarthy's, the Donovan Edwards, uh, all these Mikey Stain Ristols, all, all these guys, the Cornelius Johnson. And, and those guys have all been agents of change. And they and, and the staff, Look, remember he hired Mike Hart and Ron Bellamy? He's had two brand-new defensive coordinators. Uh, you know, they came from Brother John and, and, and Baltimore in the NFL, but they worked beautifully. And then from within his staff, he promoted Sharon Moore, offensive coordinator, along with Coach White. Those, those guys have all, I mean, over-exceeded their expectations. And that's all because Jim Harbaugh saw something and said, I'm staying in Pat. I'm going to let these guys do their thing. And I'm going to manage the coaches. And he did, and he is now reaping the benefits. And so is the team, and so are the kids. Yeah, you think about it, Jimmy, that he made tough calls on coaches. He he made the call on uh, J.J. over Cade, which uh, you didn't win over the locker room or even the fan base uh, with that. Uh, But he made it as the man in charge. Uh, They all have paid off as you sit there at 13-0 and – the number two team in America. And I brought this up earlier this week, Jim, that if you go back to that flirtation with Minnesota and whatever the real story was or uh, how close he was to taking it or not taking it, at that time, which uh, we're, we're talking less than a year ago, 10 months ago, right. there, were right. people, there were people inside the University of Michigan and people outside the University of Michigan that were hoping – Harbaugh would take the job. Think about oh, that. Right. Yeah, I know you're right. There are people that said, go ahead, Jim, take it. And um, it didn't work out. And, and the other thing I think, too, to remember is you talk about um, that's kind of one of those uh, intangible things that, you know, he was not, again, uh, 10 months ago. Imagine how things have changed in that period hmm. of time. That, that all of that goes on. And now here we are today. But the other thing is, he has tra- stayed true to himself and his philosophical outlook of football. There, are, there are people this year, even this year, that said you got to be able to throw the ball more. You got to do this. You got to do that. You know, this team and let JJ turn him loose. Da 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 da. And yet, this guy has said, Jim Harbaugh, we're going to run the ball, and we're going to, uh, and we're going to play defense and stop the run. That's how we're going to win. And and he let the critics beware. And yet they've done it, like I say, the old-fashioned way. 
And you know what? It's tried and true. And and they walk into this uh, Final Four as you know, like I said, one of the top two teams in the country. And it's and it's and if you look at them, they are they are as balanced and as steady a football team uh, as as that's in the playoff. And and it's about Jim staying true to his philosophical roots, basically. And that's hard to do too when from the outside you've got people saying, "No, let let's let's do this. Let's change up. Let's let's let JJ loose. Let's throw the ball down the field. Let's do all that stuff." No, he said we're going to do it the way we've always done it and the way we're built. And he did, stuck to his guns, and now he's uh, the number two seed in the national playoffs. Yeah, 13-0, Big Ten champion. Again, what's interesting, when you look at his track record at Michigan, one bowl win, that was that uh, first year, man, when they were 10-3, and three and uh, Rudock, and you're like, oh, the miracle worker, and look what Harbaugh's yeah. doing. And uh, they lost five straight bowls, because uh, the Orange Bowl counted as the college football playoff uh, last year, but you know he took care of the demons. You know he beat Michigan State this year, beat Ohio State last year, then won at at Columbus, uh, won back to back Big Ten titles. Where Michigan had never been to the championship game up until uh, the last two years, and now a, a big favorite, almost double digits uh, against TCU. And uh, who knows if they'll get that uh, rematch with Georgia or Jim. Could you imagine if it's Michigan, Ohio State in the national championship game in Los Angeles? I, I, you know, what you just said just does not sound right. Mm. In Los Angeles. Michigan, Ohio State should not play in Los Angeles. I mean, that game should be in Ann Arbor or, or, or Columbus. And uh, I know all of the story about, you know, the national championship and that's where the game you know, would be if it happens that way. But uh, from an old dinosaur traditionalist like myself, I, I, I just, hey, I'd love to see Michigan in a national championship game. That'd be wonderful. But playing Ohio State for the national championship in Los Angeles just somehow doesn't, you know, it just, it's like, really? That's not the way it's supposed to be, you know? Yeah. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with the, the tilt of the earth on its axis around the, the sun. Uh, if Michigan or Ohio State play in Los Angeles for the national title. Yeah, what about beating Ohio State two times in the same year? One helps you get a Big Ten title. The next one wins you the national title. You you might just want to shut down Michigan football after that because it's never going to get any better, right? I was going to say, yeah. That would be that would be one of those things. What do they, what do they say? The drop the microphone. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. We're done. We're out. Uh program has closed up uh it will never be any sweeter than this and exactly it just says something uh, what harbaugh did jim and again we you know in talking uh his his start was fantastic and you thought here we go and even the follow-up year uh still 10 and 3 and then i like i said uh, some ups and downs uh, over the next four seasons, but he, he found a way to do it. You know, you're in Ann Arbor. You're connected as a former voice, as a former player. Uh, it, on the support side, are there still people that there's personality differences? You don't have to name people, but is it still uh, everybody with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind for Harbaugh? Well, I think it, it is now, yeah. and I think, But, but I think, too, that... I remember a lot of those people over there that were in that in that camp said, "You got to prove it to me, Jim. Yeah, you got to you got to prove it to me, and, and we've got to do this. 
you know, the right way and, 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 and do it the way, you know, Michigan that does it. And, and he's done it that way. And, and I like go back to your point about he's made the tough decisions. Those tough decisions started four or five years ago. Remember, you got rid of Don Brown in a decision that was a tough one. Um, he, he's gotten he changed up coaches and all along the way, and he's he's done some different things with players and things like that. That all along the way have been have been tough, but it, it has all been made to build what he's got today. And he's taken those steps, and yeah, maybe a couple of them were you know, missteps. But he's corrected them and been openly, admittedly said, "Look, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to get better. We got to do this. We got to compete with Ohio State. We have to do this." And and he has, has done it. He's looked at himself. He's done some self scouting, and I think he's he's won people over to your question in Ann Arbor. Who who after that you know year uh, this COVID year and and who had questioned him and wondering whether Michigan was going in the right direction. He has won them over with his actions, with how he's run the program, with how he's dealt with the people there to bring this current edition of Michigan football uh, to the nation. And everybody over there is delighted with, one, how it's playing out, how they're playing, and how, how they're acting and how they're doing the right thing. And that's, to me, that's, um, you know, I, I think Jim's as solid as he could possibly be in Ann Arbor now. I think his quote after the uh, Big Ten Championship game that people were talking to him about, the NFL may come calling again or your name servicing, he, he said, I will enthusiastically be coaching Michigan in 2023. I think uh, that put all of those you know, rapid heartbeats in Ann Arbor uh, to rest. And uh, they're happy that he's coming back. Yeah, and the key would be, you know, you need the support, uh, obviously, of the boosters, but... Uh, Ward Manuel, the one who, you know, had to negotiate that pay cut. And what you said, I do agree, Jim, with prove it to us and you can earn it uh, with incentives. And also, I believe with what he's done now uh, the last two years, Michigan will try and lock him up uh, long term uh, with a competitive deal that's there with the best college coaches in America. So do you believe the relationship with Michigan AD Ward Manuel is, again, solid with Harbaugh? Very much so. Very much so. Uh, Ward is, like I said, Ward and he had a, a, a few come to Jesus minutes there when they had to renegotiate that contract. And Jim and Ward looked each other in the eye and said, this is, you know, what we have to do. And, and Ward said, this is where we are, Jim, and, and this is the way it's going to be. It's about production and it's about performance. Jim understands that, too. That's the beauty of Jim Harbaugh. He's the one that has talked about in his football team. It's about a meritocracy. The guy that plays the best, the guy that does the best, he's going to get the playing time. Jim understood that and realized, you know, we aren't where we need to be. And he accepted what Ward gave him. And uh, I think he and Ward have a wonderful relationship now. And um, clearly, uh, the way this team has played this year has been the proof to anybody who has any doubts that Jim Harbaugh is the guy to run that program in Ann Arbor. And I think uh, Santa Ono coming in, he's not the typical uh, University of Michigan president. He really, again, you have to be pro-academics if you're a president of a university, uh, unless you're Jim Trestle and somehow you're under <laughs> NCAA show cause and you become president at Youngstown State. But that's a whole nother conversation for a different show. Uh, but yes, Santa is. Ono, and he, he was really responsible for uh, keeping Luke Fickle at Cincinnati and helping build up uh, Cincinnati, 
and he now is there at Michigan. So you get Santa Ono, who's been openly supportive of Harbaugh and the football program and understands its importance uh, to the Michigan academic and athletic experience. You talked about Ward and Jim that had to come to Jesus uh, point because a lot of people didn't know what was going to happen post-pandemic. Would the crowds be back? Would money uh, be tight? It wasn't the right time to uh, get one of those mega deals. But now with Santa Ono uh, as the president, with Ward Manuel there and what Jim has done the last two years, I, I think before spring ball, uh, you'll see a new deal for hardball. I really do. I would, I, yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me. And I think Santa Ono is a great point that you make. Because, you know, academics and presidents of universities can be very helpful to an athletic program and can be athletics friendly without being uh, unfriendly to academics. I, I, you know, that's the thing that I think some people don't realize. Santa Ono did a great job at Cincinnati, and he helped them a lot. And Luke Fickle... Uh, raised Cincinnati's, uh, you know, uh, reputation on a national stage because of its football program. But people learned about it as an educational outfit because of their football program. And it's a little-known fact, but it's a fact that your donations to your university, its law school, its business school, goes up when your athletic programs are doing well. It's just a fact. That happens. When your athletic programs aren't doing well, uh, the donations that come in for your academic program sometimes drop a little bit. And presidents understand that. And I think Santa Ono understands that, that there can be a happy marriage with a very vital, strong, and nationally recognized athletic program along with an educational institution like Michigan with a reputation that's second to none. They can coexist with the same name, and one doesn't have to suffer for the other. And I think Ono is one of those guys that's perfect for the University of Michigan. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that he's the guy um, that's in that, in that uh, presidential suite in Ann Arbor because, to be quite frank, in the past, uh, that hasn't been the case in Ann Arbor. And I'm glad it is now. We're glad Jim Brandstatter is joining us on the Huled Show on the Meyer Guest Line, talking hardball, Michigan football, the college football playoff, and also – uh, the politics uh, that are public and also behind the scenes in Ann Arbor. Everybody seems to be on the same page. That's what uh, winning will do. Jim also has, is it the Voices of Michigan Stadium? What, what's the name of the audio book and the paperback? Voices of Michigan Stadium. And uh, you've been so kind and friendly to help get the word out. And uh, it's, uh, I, I didn't want to be the accidental his, historian of Michigan football, but it it turned out that way. And I've got some, Great audio that I was able to put together in a book. And uh, you can learn a lot about Michigan football. And hear the actual voices of the Bo Schembechlers and the Ron Kramers. Their actual words talking about their great moments at Michigan Stadium. And some of the other great moments. Uh, great plays. Desmond Howard, the pose in the end zone. Uh, the, 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 the Colorado pass that hurt Michigan on the last play from Cordell Stewart. We've got guys that were in the middle of that play. Jamie Morris talking about his great All-American career. Uh, so we've got a, a from from 1927 to 1997, um, we've got it all. And guys who remember great moments, and they tell it in their own voices on Voices of Michigan Stadium. It's available at jimbrandstetter.com. You can click on the link to get to it or amazon.com. And the other thing, Bill, I just learned this the other day. Amazon has a little button down there that you can actually uh, give the audio book as a gift. Uh, and you can download it. 
and send somebody an email, and they can get the download onto whatever device they wish. So it's a pretty cool deal. His name is Jim Brandstatter. Uh, he is joining us uh, talking about uh, Michigan football. It's a good time uh, to be a Wolverine. It sure is. And, again, that Voices of Michigan, Amazon. Uh, is it jimbrandstatter.com, too? Where else can they get it? Yep, that's it. You can get it at amazon.com. Just search for Voices of Michigan Stadium in their book uh, department. And there is a paperback available, but I highly recommend the audio book. Uh, it's a wonderful uh, listen. Uh, and uh, com also has a link that you can click on to buy the audiobook or the paperback, whichever you wish. But like I said, I urge you to buy the audiobook because to hear Bo Schembechler, you've got a couple of those clips that we sent you. To hear Bo uh, with that staccato delivery, you know, talk about those great moments in his career, uh, it just to this day, it raises the hackles on my arm uh, to hear him, uh, to hear that passion. Uh, about Michigan and about that Michigan football job. Jimmy, thank you so much for your time. Wonderful conversation. Enjoy the holidays. Great fun. You too, Bill, and uh, my best to uh, Superfly.